Welcome to the Natural Health Podcast, where we bring awareness of sustainable health in the business hustle space. Natural Health Podcast is perfect for the high-performing, business-minded individuals who want to work with their biochemistry to achieve success and optimal health. It's Friday, which means it's time for friends sharing facts about health, business, and overall success. In today's episode, we talk to Rob Van Bergen. If anyone could be the poster child for the effectiveness of natural pain resolutions and microcurrent therapy, it would be Rob. As a child, Rob suffered from both deliberate anxiety and excessive scoliosis issues. Neither holistic nor conventional medicine remedies brought relief to him. After experiencing the healing properties of the ancient protocol, Rob joined Dr. John and Dr. Laurie at Pacific Health Options. He obtained his bachelor's in holistic health science from Quantum University in Hawaii in 2019. In addition to his knowledge and certification in microcurrent therapy, Rob is a certified HHP, holistic healthcare practitioner with training in, are we ready for it? Biofeedback, neurofeedback, hypnotherapy, homeopathy, aromatherapy, um, and counseling. He is currently pursuing also his PhD in natural medicine, a veteran instructor on the use of HE protocol for pain resolutions. Rob has devoted his professional life to educating people about the effectiveness of natural pain management methods in removing pain and anxiety and initiating healing in the body. Rob's favorite things to do when he has some spare time is swimming. He absolutely loves to swim. That's the exercise that he enjoys the most. And he's also a little bit of a bookworm doing his PhD. And he loves going for walks on the beach with his beautiful son. Welcome to the Natural Health Podcast, Rob. Hi, Mahela. Thanks for having me. You are most welcome. So you love going for walks with your little son. You've been enjoying that lately, especially because it's a nice weather up there in Canada now. That's right. Yeah, it's been great. But you know what? It's even good in the winter too. It's a different kind of walk on the beach, but it, it can still be fun. <laughs> it is. You get that wind and that coldness, but hey, it also helps us in our natural health too with the coldness and being barefoot on the sand. It's absolutely oh, amazing. Absolutely. absolutely yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. So you're currently studying your PhD. Tell me a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah. So that's been quite the journey. Um, I never, ever thought I would do it, but it kind of just naturally stemmed off of the, the bachelor's degree. And it was, it was offered to me to continue on um, and keep researching. Um, I have, I've always, as, as you said, I've always considered myself a bit of a bookworm. So I was more reading novels and things like that. I never thought I would go into science. Um, I, that would not have been apparent to me in high school, but I just finished quantum physics. You know, I have to do all of those high-end science classes. And now it's just research, research, case studies, um, and typing, uh, which makes up the bulk of my life. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So what are you currently studying on? What's the interesting thing? So I am uh, actually doing my, writing my dissertation is the last thing I need to do. Um, and I am about 75% of the way done. Um, we are, uh, I performed a study on people with, uh, in stimulating their vagus nerve. Um, so anyone with any inflammatory disease can benefit from that. And so I've kind of been uh, seeing the results of that firsthand, it, a four-week treatment, like what happens to this person who was taking all these medications, who couldn't uh, you know, leave the house without fear of going to the bathroom, who had chronic pain, and, and watching all of that kind of fall into place. I, I really hope that being able to publish that is going to help uh, kind of awaken Western medicine to the potential of alternative therapies. 
Yeah, wow. That sounds so interesting. Definitely when it's out, let me know. I'd love to read into it. I'll let you know. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely amazing. So, look, in your bio, we saw that you had a little bit of anxiety and pain as a kid and nothing was working. To get to know you a little bit more, can you tell us the key turning points that got you to where you are now? Because now you seem like you're (laughs) pain-free and you were in lots of pain. So, what's been happening? Sure, yeah. I mean, when I was young, I had the unfortunate incidents of uh I, I contracted acute hepatitis from uh food takeaway food that was contaminated with uh, feces um i was probably 11 at the time and uh the pain like this essentially inflammation of the liver and the pain i experienced it, it i remember um not being able to go to school for a long time i didn't really know what to do my parents eventually kind of were like well you're gonna have to go you're missing out right so they'd send me to school, but the teachers would just, they literally put me in a broom closet because I was moaning in pain all the time. So they put me in there with a book to read and I would just kind of sit there and eventually I'd fall asleep. That lasted a while. Um, scoliosis was another issue for me, which is like a spine curve. Um, and that was a lot of pain too. So obviously I was made fun of for being the, the kid that's always hurting and crying and all these things. Uh, but I was trying all these different therapies, uh, like countless ones. We we went to an osteopath. We had chiropractor. I also just tried Tylenol, you know, pain medications. We tried supplements. My, my parents are both naturopaths. So it was a resistance for them to put me into Western medicine and try. Um, but we kept pushing. We kept pushing. And everything was just temporary relief. It was like, I feel good for two days, uh, maybe three. And then the pain would start to come back. And honestly, the worst part was the fear of the pain returning. I would be like, I feel good. When is this going to come back? So I wouldn't go out. I wouldn't hang out with my friends. I wouldn't go play sports. I just stayed home all the time. Uh, My parents uh, were pretty much on this intense quest to find out how to help me, right? I can just um, imagine was, having both yeah. parents as naturopaths, they would be on a hunt. <laughs> they, they were on a hunt. Yeah. And they end up uh, flying off to Russia on a, on a, on a whim to uh, check out this new technology. It was microcurrent technology. Um, and it had been in Russia since like the seventies, but it was, you know, they were starting to breach out. So they went out all the way out there. They got trained by a translator, with these Russian professors on a, on a stage and telling them what to do. Um, and they brought the device back, um, back home to England. And uh, when they got there, they treated me and I was like, wow, okay, this, this feels good, right? The pain's kind of gone. Like, but other things have gotten rid of the pain for a while too. So I thought, mm. well, I'll get back to it, I guess. But it was about a week later when I really realized that it hadn't come back. And after that point, honestly, typical kid, I just fell by the wayside and was like, I'm fine again. And I got on with my life. Um, I didn't think anything of it. And I didn't think anything of it until I was in college. I'm studying my business degree when I was like going to go back and help my parents run their business on a business level. And then again, I'm in a clinic and I'm doing the accounts and I'm watching patients coming in with like frostbitten feet and, and like chronic wounds and things like that. And then you know, a week or two later, they're fine. And I started talking to my dad and I was like, I want to do this. How do I do this? Um, and he was like, well, you can't treat someone. You don't have a license, right? I'm, I, it, I could get in trouble. So um, that's when I kind of did some hunting and I found uh, a school that was online university, but it's all holistic health. 
And so I went, I did uh, my bachelor's there and I kind of got coaxed into going further onto the PhD and I've, I've been enjoying that ever since. So, you know, if it wasn't for my parents, I wouldn't have gotten here. If it wasn't for my wife and my son um, encouraging me all along the way, I would have just stuck with my business degree and just, I, I don't think I would have been as happy because there's something wonderful about helping other people that you just can't beat, you know? Yeah. Wow. And it's interesting that you say when you were a kid that you're just like, oh, I'm pain free. And then you continue on. And we don't, and you see this in patients and you see these individuals, we don't really look back at how much mm-hmm. we were in pain until we have the pain and we go, oh, what helped us then? And then we go, wow, that yeah. really did work. It's crazy. And it, and it does happen too. I think people in chronic pain think to themselves, well, I'm never going to be out of pain. And then it does take them a while to realize that the pain isn't there. And then again, it, it's like, this is great. I'm amazing. And then they get back to their regular life and things are great until, as you say, the pain surfaces again or something comes back and then they think back, what did I do? See that all the time with diets, right? <laughs> yeah, 100%. Wow, what a backstory. And I love that you've got both parents as naturopaths and then you continued on with natural medicine. I love that. That's absolutely amazing. And here you are to help other individuals. And the good thing is, is that you've actually, well, not the good thing. I shouldn't say the good thing, but you've been in pain. So therefore you're able to assist others who are in pain because you can say, hey, I've been there and I'm not there anymore. And more people yep. will be able to link with you and, and connect with you and you'll be able to understand them on a much deeper level. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah, I think I think too often um, a lot of doctors haven't been there. You know, they don't know. Um, and it's it's sad really because one of the biggest things that gets pushed under the rug is stress. It's the anxiety of the pain. I think, you know, that's when I talk to patients and I say, you know, look, you know, I know you, you're going to be anxious about this. You may say, no, I don't have any anxiety, but you're worried about your pain. You do have anxiety and it's okay. It's okay to have anxiety. It's a part of it. Like there's such a shame stigma around stress and anxiety and the brain. People say it's all in your head and your head plays a major role in it, but it doesn't mean it's any less real. It really doesn't. And that's, you know, one of the things I find I relate so well to people with is just, I do remember that social isolation and the stress of it coming back. Yeah. And I think that's a huge concept. And I've seen that in a lot of individuals also, but I wanted to know before we go into the topic, which I'm so excited to have you here talk about, I wanted to know what, what does success mean to Rob at the moment and optimal health? What does that look like for you now? So I suppose for me, it's success um, is driven in helping people. Um, And and I think if I'm fixing people, I'm succeeding. It doesn't matter. You know, some people are going to care that I get my, my PhD and I get the doctorate and all of those things because then I'm, I have more authority, but to me, I could have a, I could have an accounting degree if I'm helping people like doesn't matter. Right. Um, But optimal health, you know, that's, that's a different story altogether. That is a much bigger picture question. I think, um, Optimal health means you've got to have pulled out the root cause of your disease. You have to be better. You cannot just be suppressing the disease. Uh, and I also think, and it's critical, this is one of the things I love about natural medicine, is putting the role of the healer back in the hands of the patient. Not, you know, I just because I tell you that this supplement or this pill or whatever is going to fix you, people hold so much power in that. But what they don't hold power in is their own body's ability to heal. And that drives me nuts. I'm like, no, you have to realize you are the one healing. 
I'll tell you what you got to do. But if you don't do it, if you don't want to commit to it, then you won't get better because you need to have that mental mindset in there. Yeah. Um, and that stigma of doctors know all and just the amount of times I've seen people take medications blindly because the doctor says this is good for you. But then you look at the pharmacy receipt and there's like 10 pages of side effects that the doctor didn't even bring up. And most people don't look at that. They look at a little label on the, on the bottle that says take two twice a day. Right. And, and the addictions, the, the uh, side effects, like, you know, it's just covering things up. It's really yeah. sad. And like you said, imagine the power, if we take that power back as an individual, how much control and power and authority we would have in our own health. Like, wow, oh, yeah. that's empowerment at its best. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that and that's the, you know, the crucial thing for me is there's nothing I love. Sure. I can treat someone and get them out of pain. I love it when someone treats themselves and then they come back to me and they're like, so Rob, look, my energy levels are amazing. Listen to what my husband has to say about me now, right? And it's a completely different person than the person who you spoke to originally who was just so beaten down and downtrodden. And now all of a sudden they're like, I got this. I can do this. And yeah. that's, you know, that's changing lives. That, that's amazing. And that's awesome that you find that as your success. I love that and optimal health. It's absolutely amazing. But let's talk about today's topic, beyond popping pill, how to overcome chronic pain without any medication. I mean, just that in its sentences yourself, to listen, some listeners might be like, well, that can't happen. So it'd be interesting right. to get your view on that. But I guess before we go any deeper, I wanted to find out what you would define as pain because it is such a complex there's so many things about it. Pain is in your head. No pain is this, pain is that. What would you define that as? Ooh, that's a good question. I, I think um, pain is a super broad topic. It really is. Um, but at, at its roots, right, we're always looking for the root cause. Pain is inflammation manifesting itself. Um, and inflammation uh, blocks healing. So when you look at the root cause of everything being inflammation, every, I think it's over 80% of all disease in the world is, is inflammation. And people get all these fancy names for their diseases, but you know, if it ends in itis, then it's inflammation of the something. Um, so it, it's just all these fancy Latin names for inflammation here or there. Um, so I, I always look pain is, is, is inflammation. And if you can look at the fact that pain is a symptom and not a disease, and if the disease is inflammation, then we can really work to fix the problem because it's not, and I should preface by saying it is not as simple as, oh, ibuprofen is an anti-inflammatory. I'm just going to take that because, you know, yeah, sure, it shuts off the inflammation, but it also does damage to the rest of your body. And this is why you should never take it long-term. So we have to look at what's causing the fire and put it out instead of just letting it burn in the body. Yeah, 100%. I like that you said all those medical terms. If it ends with eyes, it definitely is inflammation. And you could use this fancy word in Latin as you want, but it yep. essentially means there's inflammation happening there. And then that pain is due to that inflammation and it could be That's anywhere. Right. And and awesome part is that you said ibuprofen, right? You can take a short term, 100%, and it can be very effective short term to help people get through whatever it is they're going through. But long-term, it definitely does a lot of damage, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And there's there's some worse ones out there, autoimmune diseases. Sometimes they treat with cancer drugs that shut your immune system down. Um, and the person will not know they have rheumatoid arthritis. It will be that effective. 
but give it 10 years and they'll experience kidney failure. So I have a, I have a friend who super unfortunate. He, um, I only met him recently. He's um, 42. He's had rheumatoid arthritis since his early thirties and he's been on methotrexate for eight years. I would never have known if he told me that he had rheumatoid arthritis, but they're, they're the damage that's done to the rest of the body. The fact that you're actually irradiated, you actually have to keep people away from you for the first X amount of hours after having it because your urine can cause radiation. Like they're, the things we're putting in our body because we're told this is going to fix this. And, and there is ultimately no such thing as a pill that cures disease. It just isn't. Wow. That's absolutely crazy. Yeah. It's mind blowing. It's absolutely crazy. But now that we know a little bit about what pain is and the audience understands a little bit more, and you said, uh, you know, stress and anxiety is caused by pain or vice versa, or, you know, all these relationships around it. But how would, you know, stress and anxiety impact pain? You know, if you are in pain, like you said, as a kid, you were in pain and then you would, your pain would stop and then you'll get anxious about when it will come back because you know it's going to come back and that will cause stress. What's the circle? What's the ongoing relationship there? Sure. Yeah. So as you say, it is a circle. It just goes round and around and around. Um, there's a couple of parts to it. One is that everyone, pretty much everyone, I'll hazard a guess, knows the placebo effect is, you know, you take something that you think is going to make you better, even if it's nothing, and it makes you better. There is an opposite to that. There's, there's the nocebo effect. And the nocebo effect is when you're told that something is going to impact you harmfully, even though it's nothing. And then you manifest the symptoms of what you've been told is going to happen. Classic example is that is when someone gets a cancer diagnosis and they're sitting in the doctor's office and they're just told, listen, you have cancer. And immediately the first thought that runs through most people's heads is I'm going to die. And that negative impact, they, they don't think about that, but the, the mind has so much control over everything. It can turn on inflammation. It can, it can damage things. It can attack things, but it can also repair them. It can heal them. It, it is the thing. It's the control center. And people will get thrown into that by these negative thoughts. So that's one thing. Stress, you know, again, as I mentioned, it's that concept of I'm going to, my pain's going to come back. Well, you are making a self-fulfilling prophecy by believing that because you're just going to keep cycling it through. The other side of that is a little bit more physical. When we're frightened, right, we, we go into a fight or flight response and we get really tense so if we, a classic example here in Canada, I have a black bear that lives in my backyard. If I'm putting out my trash and I come face to face with that black bear, I'm going to be I frightened. Like, I was like, did you just say black bear in your backyard? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have a black, we have a black bear that lives in the neighborhood here and it just walks up and down. So big problem said naturally, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Big problem in Canada. We got bears <laughs> everywhere. Um, you know, you're going outside and I'm putting my trash out and I turn around and there's a bear in front of me. And the first thing that goes through my head is I got to run because this bear is going to, you know, so I either choose at that moment to fight the bear, which is a bit of a fool's errand, or I run from the bear. So when I'm running from the bear, all of the other functions of my body kind of like the healing, the relaxing, they all turn off because they're unnecessary. I don't want to relax. I don't need to be wasting body energy healing my broken arm. I need all of my energy to go to my legs so I can get away from that bear. So that's the fear response. But usually, you know, I get back inside my house, I close my door and I think, okay, I'm safe now. And I'll start to calm down. People in chronic pain are always running from the bear. 
because you don't know when that pain is going to come back. You're always worried that you got to walk down the stairs and your leg's going to get flared up again, or you're going to, you're worried that, you know, you're going to eat this and it's going to trigger a problem. So you, you end up creating this kind of stress response where healing shuts down and everything becomes about surviving. Your adrenaline drains, your, you have no energy to kind of get through the stress and then you get fatigue and you just want to sleep all the time. And what happens when you're stressed, you ultimately fall into the pattern of being more stressed about your pain. The stress creates more pain. The pain that you're experiencing creates more stress because it's getting worse and worse and worse. And it cycles back around again. You have to be able to break that cycle. You ever want to be able to actually repair and, and heal. Yeah. Wow. It's such an interesting, interesting thing that you put into place that people in pain are always running away from the bear. Um, at least, at least, you know, here in Australia, kangaroos are friendly. So right. <laughs> if we have a kangaroo in the backyard, they're not going to really attack us. Unlike a bear. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, bears are a little bit different. We have cougars here too. That's a bit scarier than a bear because they're faster. But yeah, well, yeah. yeah. So essentially these individuals who are in pain, they're always stressed out without even knowing that they're stressed out. Even if you talk to them and you say, what's your stress level? And they think about, okay, finance, kids, work. They don't think about what's actually happening with their pain. They consider that as a stress. But when you sit down with them and talk to them exactly like what you said, it's kind of a little bit like a wake-up call and being like, wow, you're so right. I do think about when is my next flare-up coming. I do think about when am I going to have to take that sick day? When am I going to have to take that time off? Because it's going to come, that pain is going to come back. So that's a very, very interesting point that you're always in that anxious stress point. It's like, where are you going to break it and which part you're going to break it and then to try and repair it and go to the root cause. So we'll talk about a little bit of stress, um, nutrition. I've, I've read a little bit about what you do and things like that. And I understand that nutrition and fitness is key in pain management. What, what is the role of nutrition and fitness in, in pain management? Sure. I mean, some people think that fitness is a bit uh, counterproductive. They're like, what are you asking me to go out and run a, a 500K marathon or something because I'm, you know, I'm in pain. That doesn't make sense. Mm. Uh, fitness plays a pretty incredible role, uh, but I'll cover nutrition first because it's longer. Fitness is kind of like basic, but awesome. So nutrition, people have to think about the fact that, you know, everything in their body is a cell. Their body is made up of, of over like 30 trillion cells. So all of these cells, if you imagine them like little construction workers, ready to go, they're ready to do stuff in your body. So they are capable of everything from healing to, to replicating to damaging, you know, in the case of the immune system. So they can do all these things. But if they don't have construction materials, what is a construction worker to do? They sit on a construction site with no tools, no building materials, and they don't, they don't do anything. So if we want to heal, we need to have the materials so that the construction workers that are already in our body can actually work. Uh, and, and honestly, you know, a lot of nat naturopathic medicine is about supplement this, supplement that. I am not so much a big supplement pusher. I, th I think people can get better nutrition out of food than they can out of, out of supplements. Um, you, you, it's just so much more bioavailable. So when you eat a healthy balanced meal, it absorbs into your body and you get more than you get from the supplements. You take a supplement pill and your stomach's first reaction is destroy because that's what your stomach does. It destroys things. 
So you may take your thousand milligrams of vitamin C and maybe 25 milligrams makes it to a point where it's absorbed by your body, right? So it's just, it's just you're throwing money down into your gut and into your garbage disposal, essentially. So with food, it's different. Your body is designed to break down and absorb food. So that's great, you know, and it's very tempting to supplement, but if you can obtain it from the diet, it's better. Um, now, if you're in a nutrient deficient state, based on what we've just said, you cannot fix yourself. Your body is sitting in your broken arm. Your cells are looking at it and thinking, great, if only we had some calcium that we could use here, but we don't. Uh, so that's one side of the nutrition coin. The other is that if you're taking in the wrong materials, then you're feeding the fires of inflammation in the gut because the gut is all bacteria, right? There's, there's more bacteria in your gut than there are cells in your body. Like it's, it's scary when you think about it. You're, the gut pretty much controls your brain. Um, and you take in the wrong foods, you create problems for yourself. Um, and just like a forest fire sort of starting in, in one part of your body, it spreads. So people will find that the root of most diseases is inflammation and the root of most inflammation is in your digestive system. Uh, if you actually put out the fires in your digestive system or you don't make them, then everything's better. Um, so I, I tell people that only they have the power to stop the forest fires in their guts. Um, and they, they can do that by uh, working out what they should and shouldn't eat. So I don't, I'm not a big fan of fad diets. You know, I, I prefer people to kind of figure out what is a problem for them because I, my personal experience with my gut I have an allergy to raw fruits and vegetables. So if I followed any of the diets out there, I would probably be dead because it's just, I get bloated. I have anaphylaxis from some of them in my, in my throat. Wow. So many hidden allergies. I, I think you have to figure out what's your problem and kill it. So that's mm. nutrition. <laughs> and that's a lot um, right there with nutrition. And, and you, yeah. you said it right. I think it's, when we become aware of ourselves and when we become aware of the food that we're actually putting into our mouth, because first of all, most of us don't even know what we're putting into our mouth because we're so quick, like, oh, it's just so busy. Let's just get this sandwich. And it's like, well, what's in that sandwich? Let's open up that sandwich. Did you make that sandwich? What's in it? Like what's actually in it? So if we actually go back to being like giving ourselves the authority to understand what we're putting into our mouth, then mm -hmm. we actually will be like, how does this sit with me today? What's my stool like? Am I have more energy, less energy? Do I have more mucus? This is the investigation instead of being like, let's Google best diet. I'm just going to follow this and just follow Absolutely. that. Yeah. And I think, you know, one thing I don't want to leave out actually, because, you know, this is all about teaching people these things is um, processed foods, right? Are so popular. Um, now, naturally, like if you have an apple sitting on your table, it will eventually rot because the apple actually has digestive enzymes in the apple and it will naturally break it up. The only way to preserve food for long periods of time is to kill the digestive enzymes, which means that when you eat processed food, you've got no digestive enzymes. So you're not actually able to really break it down because there's nothing natural in there to help it. So in those cases, I say, I don't like supplementing. I'm a big fan of digestive enzymes before meals because they can supplement for the fat that a lot of the food we eat in Western society is full of preservatives. Even the apple we buy in the store. I mean, I had an apple I bought in the store six months ago and it was sitting on my table and it still looks healthy. And that's scary. And shiny. <laughs> and shiny. That's scary. That is not natural. So try and buy organic <laughs> from a farm. 
Yeah, I love that you said in there it's got the enzymes that's going to help your body also. I mean, at the end of the day, when we look and we go back, nature has everything that we need. Like you said, that apple has the digestive enzymes in it to help us break it down. It's like, what? You, I, I'm going to get a food that's going to help itself break down and take the nutrients out of it. That sounds like a scientific experiment. Like someone should just get a, get a, you know, Nobel prize for that, but it's nature. It's nature. <laughs> and actually like, it's the opposite, right? It's like people have experimented to remove that from things. And people think that our bodies should be able to naturally digest, but the, with, it, we don't have a way of making those enzymes. We have to get them from the food and the food has it. You know, I, I'm not a fan of, of raw diets, um, raw meat, but it's the same with raw meat. When you cook meat, I think it's something like 100 degrees Fahrenheit. When it reaches 100 degrees Fahrenheit, all the enzymes in it are dead. But if you eat it raw, it has all the enzymes you need. I, again, I, I cook mine and I take digestive enzymes to supplement, but it's just, you know, food for thought. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. And that's why you have some cultures that do eat raw meat. And, and back, if you look at it, maybe that is why. So it's really interesting. So let's jump back onto the exercises. You said it's really exciting, but short. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, so fitness is definitely more basic. Um, we look at, I like to say movement is medicine. So when I'm saying fitness, I'm not saying running a marathon. It might be as simple as gardening, you know, doing some sort of activity, going for a walk to the mailbox to get your mail. Um, you know, swimming is great one of the reasons i love it it doesn't there's such low risk of damaging your body because you're in the water right but you can you can you have to put a lot of energy out there to, to work uh so when we exercise we'll first off we'll we help our digestion so we remove the risk of inflammation and swelling in the gut which removes it in the rest of the body uh, but we also exercise our muscles and our tendons. So we strengthen them. So anyone that's in pain might find if they have like arthritis that they barely use their hands because it hurts too much. So if you don't move your hands, you're contributing to the breakdown of them, unfortunately. So that's the, that's the other one there. And of course, this is the all important one to me is we improve circulation. So our circulation improves when we move. And this is like the delivery trucks delivering the nutrients to the construction workers. So it's all kind of connected, right? As long as our circulation is good, the tissue will stay alive, oxygenated and healthy, and it will be able to repair. Once your circulation starts to drop, that's when you get things like neuropathy, when you get numbness um, and, and, you know, in, in people with diabetes, you'll start to get wounds that won't heal because the circulation is not good enough there. And you can observe that on like infrared cameras. Like you can actually see the amount of blood in the area and then you can do certain treatments to enhance blood flow and see the difference. So you know that naturally it's slowed down, improve that circulation always. And, you know, the problem, right? We, we have hospitals and people end up in hospital because they have this horrible issue and then they're stuck in bed um, all day. There's not much movement going on. Always, if you ever end up in hospital, request physiotherapy while you're there because they have people that can do that. It just doesn't seem to be a part of their healthcare plans very often. Yeah, 100%. I love that you explained it. So we have the trucks We've got the nutrients. We've got the construction workers. I love the whole concept. We've got all that happening. So where does sleep fit into all of this? What's the, what's sleep? How does sleep have to do all this? Because I know I've heard this people who are in pain, they say, I wake up in the middle of the night. I can't sleep. I don't look mm -hmm. forward to sleeping because I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be stiff. Exactly what you said. There's no movement and I'm going to be in more pain. So where does sleep fit into pain management? 
Right. So it is a big deal. Um, it's not, I, I don't really have, unfortunately, a construction worker analogy for sleep. <laughs> but, uh, well, the construction workers are sleeping. <laughs> there you go. They're going to sleep. So when, when you look at sleep, you, we have different stages of sleep, right? And I'm no, I won't consider myself a sleep expert, but we, we have to sleep straight through if we want to experience all the different stages. So when we go to sleep, when we go to bed, a lot of people in pain will either be in pain so they can't get to sleep. And then when they do fall asleep, they might move, cause themselves pain, which wakes them up. Or they're people that have such high anxiety that their mind doesn't shut off and it just keeps going, going, going. And I can tell like that, that's definitely not me. I'm one of those people that people hate because I go to bed and I'm asleep within like five seconds, hitting my head hitting the pillow. But it does happen to me sometimes. And I'll know after like 10 minutes, I'll be like, I am, why am I not sleepy? Why can I not stop thinking about this? And I'll end up having to get up and give myself a reset before I can come back and try again. Um, people need to get to sleep. They need to get through their sleep because in sleep, our brain will detox. There's these glial cells in our brain. If these don't detox, then it contributes to dementia and Alzheimer's and it creates inflammation. And unfortunately, as we get older, we tend to sleep less um, for whether it's by choice when we're in our 20s and 30s or whether it's because of uncomfortable nature of just life as we get older than that. And so, you know, we don't sleep, so we're not getting the reparative sleep because once the glial cells have been detoxed, the body can repair in its best way. It's got a very brief window to do that. It's like a couple of hours where it's like, all it's doing is just let's repair things. So if you don't sleep, you miss out on that. And then of course your inflammation is gonna get worse. So the pain spikes up higher um, and then the sleep contributes to the stress, which contributes to the, you know, we've, we've been through that. It's all cogs turning together and connecting. Um, it's hard to get a good night's rest though. We also run into a problem that prof medical professionals or sleep professionals will call sleep debt, where you're essentially your sleep is like a line of credit that you're borrowing from all the time. So every time you don't sleep, you borrow two hours here, two hours there, and you have to pay that back because it is actually cumulative. So you'll find you're more tired. You'll find you're not healing as much. There is a point where I think you get a breaking point where it's really hard to come back from a like 10 year sleep debt when you're barely sleeping because you owe so much on that sleep debt. Um, and uh, it doesn't mean you can't heal. It just means that one of your best, most easy to access healing modes is sleep. I mean, you have a go to bed and you've got a stomach ache or a headache and you wake up the next day and you're fine, right? It's like a, a hard reset. People would say, <laughs> sleep it off. Isn't that interesting? Sleep now that makes off. sense. The usual mm -hmm. thing, how about we go sleep it off? How about you go sleep it off? It's kind of like, how about we hit that reset button or that repair button um, instead of looking into a medicine cabinet and just popping everything that we can see? Um, which, look, I understand when people are in pain, sometimes that can happen and I'm not one to judge or anything on those lines, 100%. But we're here to educate and, and inform individuals that there are other ways if this is what you have been doing. And we've spoken about nutrition, we've spoken about exercise, we've spoken about sleep, so many things uh, to help with pain. But then the major thing that we're going to talk about today is if people, you know, have their sleep on point, have their fitness, have their nutrition, still like, oh my gosh, I'm still in pain, I don't know what's happening. I guess from your experience, microcurrent therapy can assist. What is this? <laughs> sure. So 
it probably surprised people to hear that microcurrent already exists in their bodies. So it's not something that's been invented on a whim. It's not something that has no scientific backing. You're, you're, you have two delivery systems. You got your circulatory system, you got your nervous system. Your nervous system is electrical. And, you know, you, what do we do when someone is dying? We zap them with a defibrillator, right? We, we electrocute, we put more electricity in their heart so everything can keep going again. Microcurrent is, is super low body-friendly frequencies. It's the same frequencies that are in your body right now. It's the same way that my brain tells my hand it hurts and triggers inflammation and also hopefully turns off the inflammation and then triggers repair. Chronic pain, though, kind of interferes with that, right? So microcurrent, um, cr chronic pain means that the inflammation hasn't shut off. Your microcurrent system is not working. It is something is blocking it. And I always like to say to people, you know, when you were young, when you were a kid, whenever you got hurt, you got better. You know, it would heal and it would heal up. So what has changed between now and then? You still have all these cells in your body. You're still a biological human being. You were given everything in your body to survive. Um, and people lived to be 100 years old prior to all of these medications that people think extend their lives. So we know that people can live. Our bodies can heal. Your electrical system, though, needs to be functioning. And then we have, um, on the other hand, I, I always have to say this when I talk about microcurrent, we have TENS devices. So TENS device is totally different than microcurrent. And anything I talk about today here to do with a microcurrent, do not try it with a TENS device. It is dangerous to do these things with a TENS device. A TENS device is about 1,000 times stronger than a microcurrent at its highest frequency. And what it is trying to do is not work and interface with your body's nervous system and issue commands like microcurrent. It is trying to paralyze your nerves so you don't feel pain. So it kind of hits them with so much electricity that they get numb and then you think, oh, it doesn't hurt anymore because your nerves aren't working anymore. When you take the tense device off, the nerve will start to free up again and the pain will come back. Microcurrent is, as I say, it's triggering the healing response. It's using the brain's language to talk to it and say, turn off inflammation. And then the body recognizes that same frequency as that's anti-inflammatory. Oh, we got to turn that off. So it's like a remote control for taking control of your body, um, wow. which is one of the reasons it's just so effective. Yeah, wow. And I guess this is what your parents got from Russia back in the days and they brought it back to help you with your pain. That's right, yeah. So we got the original Russian uh, device, like, yeah, years ago, 20-something um, <laughs> years ago. Um, and um, eventually, you know, we, we kept working with that device for a long time. And then um, we we met someone who um, actually worked uh, in Dallas building uh, missiles for the U.S. Army, and he wanted to get into healthcare. So wow. he ended up reversing, like instead of building chips to guide missiles to kill people, he ended up building chips to make microcurrent devices to help people. So he kind of flipped the flipped his own story on his head. Um, but so we were able to then not only have it be easier to repair because we don't have to mail it back to Russia and have the language barrier, uh, but we were able to get it US made. So the quality was, was higher. Um, and we were able to more importantly, design them how we wanted. What yeah. features do we want? What programs are necessary? If this, if we have the, the dictionary of the body's language, what do we need to make this device heal bone and 
and tissue and, you know, reduce inflammation and deal with scars. Like, so we've been able to kind of take it that way. Yeah. So is it, is it like a big device? Is it a little device? Do you attach it to the skin similar to, to TNS machine? What, what does it look like? What does it feel like if someone goes to, through that therapy? Yeah. So, I mean, people, you know, people wouldn't be able to see it, but it's, it's like a small, it's, it's around the size of a cell phone. Um, and uh, it ha- you touch it to your skin and then it'll allow the electricity to go through. Kind of feels like a tingle. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't hurt. If it hurts, you're doing it wrong. You want to be gentle, comfortable, um, and you just place it on the skin and you turn it up um, and it functions. It's, it's like a signal, right? And so it can go into a lot of different places because the microcurrent will travel through the body. So if you put it on the vagus nerve, you'll feel it go up into your head and down into your guts as the current zaps through the nerves. Yeah. Wow. That's so interesting. And how it, you said you put it on different parts and it helps. So the TNS machine, it floods, it floods the neuro, it floods the electricity with neurotransmitters so with the neuro. It doesn't hurt. Sorry. The pain goes away. That's how the TNS machine works, right? Flooding the nervous system. So you kind of get confused yeah. and you're like, I don't know what's happening. How does this work in a little bit more detail? Sure. So if you have, if you think about everything in your body is associated with a frequency. Yes. So for, for one thing, the body has a very specific wavelength, which kind of looks like, like waves. It goes up and down nice and wavy. Um, a lot of TENS devices, they are mechanic, made by mechanics. They're not made with the body in mind. They kind of have weird patterns. They look like squares or shark teeth. Um, things that are more e- easier to make, easier to program because it's easier to program straight lines than curves. So one of the things was programming this to speak in the same language. So making it have these wavy lengths so that the body doesn't see it as foreign. Um, so it's, it's like talking English to someone that speaks English instead of Portuguese to someone that speaks English, right? Like we, yeah. we need to be able to have, have that aspect. The other aspect to it is that there's been research going back like about 75 years into what different frequencies do for the body. So you might say that like the studies that show that seven hertz heals bone, 90 hertz heals soft tissue. So we're putting those frequencies in these devices on a chip, pre-programming them in the body's language, and then we're giving them to the end user and we are supporting them and using them. Um, we do see patients in our clinics still, but that's a lot harder for someone like in Australia, right? Or someone in uh, Singapore to get that help, um, even in the US. So we've kind of developed this training program and we have a team of treatment coordinators who build plans for clients so that they can take these devices, they can buy them, we can ship them to them, and then we can show them how to use them. And again, giving them the role of healer, right? They're in charge of their healing and they're, they just have the tools to do it. Wow, wow. So does the individual have their own machine or do they go to the practitioner and have like a treatment through it? Typically, it ends up being cheaper for them to buy their own machine um, yeah. because practitioners, you know, you if you had access to this all day, you're not going to use it all day, but let's say you want to use it like a couple times a day, right? Um, you might see your practitioner once a week, maybe twice a week um, if it's really chronic. Um, and what you can do, what you can achieve with your own machine is you can take charge of it in the moment. Your knee starts to flare up and you hit it with the, the device. So you don't have to go um, to a practitioner. Some people choose to, um, but most people do one or two sessions at a practitioner and then they've bought their own and they're, 
they're on that way. Uh, so it's really is for us, it's a mission of self-empowering. Um, all of the complexities of the frequencies and the waveforms and everything like that has been programmed onto a chip. So it's like the inner workings of a computer. You don't have to know anything about it to yeah. use it. You just have to know how to press the button that selects the mode. And that's, that's as simple as it gets. Wow. That's absolutely amazing. You can see, so you can see how much that can assist an individual, especially if they have that power in themselves. And I know, you know, and we've spoken about this before, there's a number of pharmaceuticals and, and, and supplements and anything else that might have side effects. So these side effects may come with a depletion of some minerals, vitamins, nutrients, or, or anything along those lines. Are there any, um, you know, are there any side effects or any downs with this machine? Uh, there's there's not really any side effects. There's a few contraindications. Um, okay. We don't recommend people to have a pacemaker. 100%, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Now, we do have some people that choose to treat anyway, but they don't treat over the pacemaker. Okay. It can be, you know, that's the, the danger there. Now, a TENS device anywhere on your body could short out that pacemaker because it's so much electricity. But microcurrent, again, it's so subtle. It's subtle energy. It's your body's energy. It's kind of hard to mess that up. Yeah. even with a pacemaker. But I would definitely not recommend rubbing it over your pacemaker and, and thinking you're going to be fine. Uh, we also don't recommend it for women um, who are pregnant um, in their first or second trimester. There is, it's just a, one of those things, there's a lot of things that are not recommended in, in those situations. And for us, a lot of it is we have never had anything happen. We have had pregnant women use it, but we don't want anything, you to be the first person. For that 100%. to happen too. Yeah. Um, and then the last one is, is cancer. If someone has a known active tumor, I don't necessarily want them treating that directly either. And, and the reason for that is that microcurrent will increase blood flow by up to 500%. It doesn't matter what frequency. A lot of tumors can use that blood as fuel to grow. So we don't want to, if you, if we know you've got a tumor in your digestive system, we're not going to treat over the digestive system just because of that reason. Yeah. And, and you saying that increases circulation. I mean, that in itself is healing besides mm -hmm. taking away the tumor, but taking away the cancer, but just by an individual increasing their circulation with this machine, it's just mind blowing. So what are some uh, stories that you've seen effects with? Like, what are some things like someone might be thinking, well, I've got fibromyalgia, will it help with that? Well, I've got rheumatoid arthritis, will it help with that? I've got IBS, anything along those lines or endometriosis. Uh, what have you seen or everything? What have you seen? <laughs> Every, everyone's different, right? All the, all the patients I see are different. Some people get results over a couple of weeks. Some people get results in that first day. And I'd say rheumatoid arthritis is one that I saw one of the quickest turnarounds I've ever seen. I had a lady who had had it for um, 14 years. So a very long time. She was on a walker and she had such swollen knees that she could barely move around. Um, and she got recommended um, to us by actually a doctor that was a rheumatologist that was kind of at the end of her. Uh, she was like, well, I, there's nothing more we can do. We can't keep you on these medications. So we sent the device off to this lady. I was kind of thinking, okay, this is going to take a while. She called me like two days later and she's like, Rob, I'm walking around. I don't have my walker anymore. My knees are not swollen. She had actually chosen herself. I don't recommend this. Um, initially, she'd chosen to just ditch all the meds. She was like, I'm just going to go off the meds and I'm going to just treat myself because I know this is going to work for me. So she, she had a, a pretty incredible turnaround there. Fibromyalgia, I find we kind of have to backpedal. We've seen a lot of success with that too. But the fatigue and the brain fog and everything has caught, if that's caught up with the person, 
we need to work on boosting their adrenaline. We need to get their adrenal glands restored so that they can withstand the treatments and then they can bat hell. I have one lady who's got a really good success um, story in the making right now. Um, we ended up, this goes to speak to no patient is the same. I ended up trying like 10 different things with her and I was kind of working off my list. I don't like doing everything at once because you then don't know what you're doing. And at the very last, my very last choice, I was like, well, you should try, you know, treating your adrenal glands directly, get your husband to do it. Let's see if it boosts your energy. Um, and I didn't hear from her for like three days. So I was thinking, okay, she's, she's probably thinking this isn't going to work for me. Uh, but then I got an email from her saying, I don't know what this is, but I've never had this much energy in like the last 12 years. So she was energized and she was happy. And, and now we're just the, the last piece of the puzzle for, for her is the anxiety. So now we're working on that aspect. Um, IBS, Crohn's, uh, ulcerative colitis, diverticulitis, right? All of those itises, anything to do with the gut. If you, if you look to the vagus nerve, and that's what I'm writing my, my PhD on, um, is if you look to the vagus nerve, it interfaces so much with the gut. If you can turn off inflammation in the gut, it doesn't matter if you have open wounds in your gut, which is ulcerative colitis. It doesn't matter if you've got Crohn's, that's just inflammation in the gut. Um, it, it, these, those symptoms, though that root cause is taken away and then the healing can, can begin. So those are slower. I six to eight weeks before I start to see people really getting some good results with the digestive system issues, just because they, they really hang on and, and they've been there for a long time often before people even look for alternative methods. But six to eight weeks is still not a when you think about individuals who have had this pain for years, sometimes even decades. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say the long, I think the longest we had was pain of pain in the knee. It wasn't anything specific of 41 years that came to a course. And it was like one treatment. And he was like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I'm flexing my leg. It doesn't hurt anymore. So he can't now th there's a flip side to that, right? Like I'm going on about all these great things. I'm sure people are thinking, yeah, what about the ones that didn't? didn't work. And there are like a very small percentage, I'd say one to 2% of the people we work with, it doesn't work for them. Um, and, you know, we're always, we have a great return policy for that reason, because we want people to try this it, and we're willing to take it back if it doesn't work. So we, we want people to try it. Um, the ones that I've seen not work are usually very, very advanced, super chronic issues or, um, and I don't like saying this about people, sometimes they're not willing to commit the time. You know, I, I, my recommendation is we do 12 minutes of vagus nerve stimulation a day. Some people might do one minute. They might do it every couple of days. And then when you don't see results, if you're not following the plan, it would be the same as saying these pills don't work when you only took them one day and then you waited a week and nothing happened. Um, you have to give the body time to work and adjust. Um, and then eventually we try and taper off because the last thing we want to do is replace your pain with the need to be hooked up to a device for 12 hours a day. It's supposed to be a brief 30 minutes a day at the beginning and then get it down to maintenance. You know, otherwise you, you, your life has just changed. You know, you've gone from pain to treatment. You need to go from pain to living your life again. Yeah, a hundred percent. Wow. Such absolutely amazing stories. And I love um, that you've explained to us how it works and how it is a different so what would be some practical tips for the audience to incorporate in their life to live a pain-free life without popping those 
pills like they're lollies <laughs> oh yeah uh well i got i got a few um number one is we mentioned this earlier you got to remember that power of the mind i think if if people if you actually read about these medications that pass their trials some of them get into production with like a 20 percent success rate because that's considered good because the placebo is just so good so it's like when they look and they say well 20 percent of people got better results than they got with the placebos it's worth putting out there. You got to realize that value of positive thinking, that positive thinking in and of itself is a placebo and it can actually change the way your body functions. Um, that's where I see people turn around from cancer, people that are super positive about it. They've got a good mindset. They know I am going to get better. My brain can do it. Not I'm going to die. There's nothing I can do. Mm. Different mindsets. If people develop that positive mindset, that's going to be, that's, that's number one for me. Think positive. Um, number two would be spending time outside. Nature is where we were meant to be, not in, a, in an office um, that's got concrete floors. We were meant to be out in nature, walking around, as you said, barefoot on the sand, right? Running um, away from those bears. No, no, not running, running away, from, away the from the bears. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and then um, the, the other thing is, is like therapeutically, like trying to get 20 minutes of sun a day. Usually I like the morning because it actually helps people sleep as well. But like that vitamin D that you get there is going to be better than supplementing vitamin D in 20 minutes. Just no, no sunscreen, walk outside, enjoy the sun for 20 minutes, walk inside that vitamin D. It does help with your immune response, but it also is imperative to muscular and skeletal function. So I think if, if people want to stay healthy longer, get that vitamin D. Um, Next, I guess, another one would be taking care of your stress. And we talked about that. I talked about the vagus nerve, the inflammatory response. But I think if you, if you don't have a microcurrent device, I, would, I recommend my patients detox their life of negativity. There are some bad people in your life or things in your life that, you, that just make your life miserable. And that can be a big ask sometimes, but you can get a lot of health back from kicking those, those toxins that are in your environment. Um, the elimination diet, um, pick one thing. If, if, if it's gluten, for example, that you think might be a problem, cut it out 10 days. If you feel better, keep it gone. You know, there's no point keeping starting fires in your gut. And I guess my last one would be use microcurrent. For goodness sakes, do it. <laughs> It'll help you with pretty much everything. I love it. I love you gave us so many practical tips. Wow. So we've got a person, you know, going outside, getting the sun, kicking out all the toxins out of their life, including individuals, thinking positive thoughts. Uh, like, wow, that's absolutely amazing. I love all the stuff that you gave us, all that practical knowledge, and you can do all of that. And then on top of that, microcurrent therapy is definitely assisting with pain. And it's not just a woohoo thing. It has been proven. People have seen results. It's been researched. There are things out there. And if you want any more information, I'm pretty sure you'll be able to go on Rob's website or get into touch with him if you want to know anything more get in touch with me um but yeah there's there's so much information there right there but to finish off i ask all my guests as this is the natural health podcast rob what is your best kept natural health hack and that might be something you do every morning every night once a year what's a little health hack that's yours and you do oh it's gonna be microcurrent so strap in um i uh i i do we developed a treatment called mitochondrial recharge 
And so the goal is to put enough electricity into your body that all the cells in your body kind of normalize that voltage. Uh, so you'll see over a 30 minute treatment, you'll, you'll have more energy, you'll feel healthier, your immune system will be stronger. Um, and in just in general, like when we started implementing it, we only implemented it about six months ago and people loved it so much that they, they will buy the devices just for that, for their friends and families. And it's like, you know, you, you get, you kick the fatigue, you increase your energy, you feel great. Um, I do it every morning for 30 minutes while I'm drinking my tea. That's my, my morning plan is cup of tea, mitochondrial recharge, and it's replaced the need for the, the coffee caffeine boost that I used to, I used to have a whole pot of coffee in the morning just to get going. So that's my, my number one secret health hack. It would be just uh, charge up that ATP, charge up your cells uh, so you have the energy to keep going. I feel like we're, when you said that, I just imagined yourself being like a human Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much. You got your hands and your feet in these silver gloves and you're kind of like putting the electricity into your body. But, you know, I suppose it would be bizarre to walk in on. Definitely. Yeah, that definitely would be. Well, thank you so, so much for sharing this absolutely amazing information. And I mean, this has helped you and helped so many others. And to have you behind this absolutely amazing um, therapy is just invaluable. But if, if people want to get in touch with you or anything on those lines, what is the best way for people to contact you if they're interested in this device or want to know a bit more? I would, I would definitely recommend they go to our website, um, which is painfreeforlife.com. Nice and easy. Um, there's links on there to make a one-on-one -on -one appointment with me. It's no charge for that. We can just hash out your issues, see what you think. There's case studies, testimonials, um, and we do ship these units all over the world. Um, Australia is actually our second biggest market. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's quite popular there as well. So there's, there's lots of opportunity to connect with other people as well that are, that are already down there um, and, and, and using these devices. Absolutely amazing. Well, thank you so, so much for being on a natural health podcast. Really appreciate your time and your knowledge. And I hope that you have an absolutely brilliant day. I hope you do too. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us at the natural health podcast. And remember the missing link between failure and success is your health. <laughs>